What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Buckeye Weekly Podcast. I am Tony Gerdeman here, as always, with Tom or Tom. How's it going? Tony, I'm confused. We just did a Buckeye Weekly Podcast like three hours ago, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. another one coming tomorrow. It's just, it's raining Buckeye Weeklies this week. Yeah, it is. And uh, we've got Kevin Noon down here as well because we are live. On the ones and twos. On, I would say zeros and ones. It's, it's true. Yeah, you know, he's, he's on the computer. Kevin. There's a show going on. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure you knew. But, uh, yeah, we are here. Just finished up with interviews following Ohio State's practice today. Tom, uh, one thing I noticed from watching players walk around after practice was that Jackson Smith and Jigba had a hoodie and also had his helmet, which makes me think that he was practicing. But also maybe he wasn't, so that's why he had the headgear on to keep himself warm out there because he wasn't practicing. Yes. Um, so there are two possibilities mm-hmm. based on what we heard tonight. Uh, one is that Jackson Smith the Jigba practice today is going to play t- on Saturday. This is pretty much a foregone conclusion, barring some kind of significant future setback. 
Number two is Ohio State is running an incredible psyop in which all the players talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba as if it is inevitable he will play on Saturday uh, and really psych out Iowa, which, you know, I mean, you got to figure whether or not Ohio State has Jackson Smith and Jigba going to make a huge difference with the Iowa offense out there. So I'm, I'm going to guess, Tony, I think this is one of these Occam's Razor situations where the simplest explanation is probably the best and simplest explanation is, yes, Tony, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to play on Saturday. I don't know. I think you got to pull all of the tricks out when it's Iowa week. You've got to make everything, you got to make, make Iowa think everything is possible. But I do agree. I do think uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to play. Marvin Harrison had a comment about that when asked, hey, what's what's a defensive coordinator supposed to do once everybody, you, you got all of your receivers out there? What? What did he have to say? Uh, the uh, I, I don't know if this is exact quote unquote, but it was pretty darn close. Uh, he said, "I don't know what you do as a defensive coordinator, fix it, you know, facing us with Jackson and Jigba. Uh, you just have to, you know, you just sort of have to pick one and pray. And uh, you know, I mean, that's that's one of those things where it's like, ooh, that's a little spicy. That's also like, I I don't know that there's any defensive coordinator who'd be like, no, that's not true. That's no." This will be fun. Everyone's having fun. We're having fun. CJ Stroud did CJ on that on that uh, on that front. CJ Stroud. No one fears us, and we don't fear anybody. No one walks in and says, "Quote: Ohio State is going to bomb us." They come in and they plan to compete. Like everyone, you know. He, and he said, "You know, if you're a competitor, you're not coming in here going, well, this is going to be bad.' But if, you know, it's also kind of beat down. Like defensive coordinators know, like this is going to be on the more challenging end of the spectrum of opponents will face this fall. Yeah, players may come in thinking they're going to win. The coaches don't necessarily think that. Like we're going to do everything we can to try not to lose by a thousand. Um, but I, I, there are clearly some coaches who have known that they're going to lose many games over the years. And you try to convince the players that, no, 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 you've got a shot. Well, you know, there is only so far that a defensive game plan that involves the phrase, and then a miracle happened. There's only so far that goes. And, you know, I mean, you have seen crazy upsets over the years. And, you know, this is this is one of these weeks where you look at this week and, and it's like, wow, there's not very many good games this week. Oh, this is a week where you're going to have a million crazy upsets. Okay, cool. The one thing that I think Ohio State fans, if they, you know, are, are leaning towards being concerned about, you know, hey, what if something insane happens? There has been a lot of talk about the 2017 game. And, you know, th there were – we were talking, and I think there are three guys who are still on the team who were on the 2017 team, which would be Jerron Cage, um, Bradley Robinson, and Mitch Rossi was – I think we decided mm -hmm. were the three guys who would have been on that 2017 team. So it's not like there's a lot – and none of those guys would have probably made that travel roster. So it's not like there's a lot of guys who were there that day and remember that day, but – I'm sure they remember the aftermath, those three guys. And Ryan Day remembers it. And Ryan Day, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison was asked, when did Ryan Day bring up the 2017 Iowa game? And he said, like, at the beginning of the bye week. Like, this has been something that they have had in their heads for quite a while. I'm sure they've probably watched a little bit of it. And, you know, if you want to not take a team like Iowa lightly, that's a real good object lesson for you. Yeah, that was something I asked each of the guys about and something I asked Ronnie Hickman about and – he said, yeah, like he, he said the same stuff that Ryan Day said about scars. He's like, yeah, coach has scars from that. And um, I asked, you know, well, you, you can tell by his words that obviously that hurt, but can you tell like beyond his words that that game affected him? He's like, yeah, that's like they, he went on to explain that Day told them like Tuesday of that week coming off that Penn State loss, 
they kind of knew something wasn't right. And they, they were, you know, just it was a huge win, Penn State comeback, and then you just can't get going again during the week. And so, yeah, I'm not surprised that they brought it up immediately because that week they kind of noticed it maybe too late at that point to really get things going back up. And then you, you start the game by throwing a pick six and you're like, well, this was not ideal. Yeah. And you know, that was a game where I think that was the game where the week after that we came in here and the, you know, the big video board where it says beat Iowa right now, the big video board, they always had urban always did like themes. Mm-hmm. Like Ryan just does, you know, beat Iowa or whoever. Urban Oyster did themes of the week. And I think the week after that was the week that it was laser focused. And that was Urban Meyer's way of saying like, mm, okay, I don't think it was very focused in here last week. From what we heard tonight, you know, not only all the talk of the 2017 game, but also were you with Luke Whipler or was that? No, okay, so Kevin, Kevin mentioned uh, Kevin Noon was over there with Luke Whipler. There's three interview tables. So we have one of us at each. Kevin was at the table where Luke Whipler was. And he said that Luke Whipler said, uh, and I, this is just a pair of fires, but you know, th- we just had one of the best practices we've had since, since Luke Whipler got here. So, you know, that is a decent indication like, okay, you you, you know, focus probably isn't an issue this week. You say laser focused. And I immediately think of a cat chasing a laser focused on the laser <laughs> doesn't catch anything and ends up going up the walls. And that's exactly what happened that game. But yeah, no, that's been a popular topic. Uh, and it starts from the coaches and the players can tell you everything about that game. And, you know, um, when I asked Ronnie about that, he's like, well, I mean, you know, yeah, you could tell. Just look at the scoreboard. Imagine, I, I imagine how I would feel seeing that scoreboard. And that's something that just sticks with you forever. So the players, it has been inculcated into them. It has been drilled into them like, hey, this this can happen. It has happened. And there are some coaches on the staff who were there when it did happen. And so. Uh, that's a fortunate thing when the coaches can go back and look at why they think that happened and what it happened and when it started and just make sure that you're watching all of the signs and that you're not even allowing any of that to creep in. And so they started that very early, like you said. Well, wh- one of the most valuable things you can do is, you know, learning from mistakes. What's even better for them learning from mistakes is learning from someone else's mistakes. <laughs> you don't, you don't have to step on the rake in order to learn the lesson that you shouldn't step on mm-hmm. a rake. So, Learn from the lesson that the 2017 team taught you and uh, don't don't step on that same rake. It is interesting to me that last time it was Penn State at home and then they go on the road to Iowa. This year it's Iowa at home and then who do they play on the road next week, Tony? Penn State, yes. It's an interesting twist. So, Tom, what you're saying is a what, 39-36 Ohio State win <laughs> against Iowa? 38-37, but yes. Yeah, and, and I was just looking to see uh, if they had given up 56 points this year or 55 points this year. They have, but a lot of it has come in garbage mm-hmm. time. But, yeah, 10, 12, 21, 21, 10, 20. I mean, there's, they, they, have not, they have not given up half of 55 in any individual game yet this season. And I suspect they will not give up half of 55 on uh, Saturday either. They, I mean, the Iowa path to victory involves either being about plus six in turnovers mm-hmm. or somehow keeping Ohio State, making Ohio State kick uh, – five field goals and somehow getting eight safeties to win 16-15. Well, yeah, and, and those six turnovers, three of them maybe return them to all the way, uh, re- return them inside the one. I don't know if you saw Scott Dockerman's uh, piece in The Athletic today. He's Iowa beat reporter detailing the failures of Iowa's offense inside the 10. Like Spencer Petrus has thrown it like 15 times 
inside the the 10 yard line and completed like seven of those passes for a couple of yards with like one touchdown and it's it's really 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 bad and so that's why not even getting inside the 10 is not good enough and getting inside the five inside the two you've got a, a better chance but if you if, if Ohio State and Iowa were to spend nine overtimes like that would be Ohio and a failure of immense proportions Ohio State two point com- plays because Iowa out of nine overtimes is probably getting what, like two or three basically the same thing we saw in the Penn State mm-hmm. Illinois game last week yes with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, do we have questions, Kevin? Have we had anything uh, no, coming? about the game and Troy B said the empty room really shows off that snazzy blue hoodie. It's not a hoodie. Thank you. No, no hood. Yeah, it's not a hoodie, but it is snazzy. It is. And um, unless he means yours. It is blue. No. Grayish, grayish kind of blue. <laughs> That's why they call it the Kelly Tires Blue Gray Gray. Not many people know that. That's true. Uh, it's very true, Tom. Yeah, not, not anybody knows that. Nobody knows that, in fact. Uh, so we had, did, were you over there with CJ Stroud at all? I was, yes. Did he have anything to say? So uh, let, let me run through my notes mm-hmm. here. Um, uh, he said he was asked about what he did on the bye week, and pretty much everyone watched college football mm-hmm. games. CJ said he was more interested in watching his friends play than, you know, he, and he was really watching in terms of just like watching his friends and enjoying it rather than watching, you know, Tennessee or Alabama mm-hmm. and going, you know, how will we match it? You know, how will we do this? You yeah. know, he, he was kind of, I think, trying to kind of shut his brain yeah. off and just enjoy the football. Um, he also talked about how basketball was his first sport. Cause that, that's been sort of a topic of conversation being multi-sport athlete and in terms of being, uh, you know, younger, younger guys and what best prepares you to be a sort of versatile college athlete and the importance of playing a bunch of sports when you're a kid. CJ said basketball was his first love. What position do you think CJ Stroud played on the basketball court? Point guard. Point guard it is. Yes. He said uh, Todd Fitch, the uh, one of the assistant mm-hmm. quarterback coaches, uh, talks all the time about how being a quarterback is being like a, you know, being like mm-hmm. a point guard. You got to distribute. You got to, you know, but, but also you can, uh, you know, you can, you can fill it up yourself if you, uh, if you want to. Um, Some point guards drive and draw and dish, as Jacob Vitale says. C.J. Stroud, not necessarily the driving type of point mm-hmm. guard. No, no. Um, he is. Uh, he also talked about the fact he did a lot of self scout over the uh, over the week off, and he was asked, so you know, what what kind of things you learned. He's like, mm, I would rather not talk about what I learned. So I guess you know that was that was one of those where someone asked the follow up. I was like, well, you have to ask the follow up, but he's not going to answer that. And lo and behold, he did not mm-hmm. answer that. Um, Julian Fleming uh, talked about you know getting Jackson Smith Jigba back and how important that would be. Again, Allegedly, again, in a hypothetical scenario where Jackson Smith Jigba plays this weekend, uh, yeah, just how important that would be, and you know how how great it was to see him in practice. Again, one of the greatest psyops in history. That's my that's my prediction. Great to see him watching practice. Yes, um, he also talked about um, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Abuka, and Jaden Ballard. Just 
the incredible work ethic those guys have and how that has really gotten them ready a lot sooner than they might have otherwise been ready to contribute. He said they live, eat, and breathe football. And there was a lot of talk of about the wide receiver room and, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigga was coming back. So that means there's probably fewer passes coming for guys like Julian Fleming and Emeka Obuka and Marvin Harrison potentially. And, you know, so, so is that, you know, is that a big concern? And, you know, that has forever, that has been a, you know, if one of us gets a touchdown, we all get a touchdown. That's sort of been the the mantra in that room. If, you know, if one of them is succeeding, they're all succeeding. And, you know, you sort of saw that with like the, uh, the G Scott touchdown at Michigan state and just the incredible excitement that the other guys had for that. So, you know, I think that's one of those things where like, yeah, that's, that's the correct answer. And that's the answer that you would expect to get at 130 programs, but it, you know, it feels like they really do mean it here. Well, and cause these guys, their, their playing time is going to be impacted and they're all excited to have him back. And saw Kevin Wilson talking about yesterday, how excited he has to have him is to have him back because of his, the way he practices and he drives everybody in practice. But like this, I don't think this is a new thing for the receivers. We've talked in the past about receivers in 2017, 2018, all doing interviews together, you know, sitting at the same table. And that's when there were you know, six, six guys, basically. But that was really annoying when they would it, try and do six, six yes. people sitting at the table. Yes, there, it was. there I said it out loud. We were all thinking it. No, they don't do that anymore, which is good. Mm-hmm. No. And it is interesting that and it's not just the receivers that we've talked about it with Zach Harrison, JT Tui Molo, sitting at the same table. Same table answering questions where they impact each other's playing time because one guy in, the other guy's out, and none of these guys seem bothered by it. But that also goes back to well, they recruit to that. You recruit all of these guys. Not all of them are going to be playing seventy snaps. They know that, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Jackson Smith and Jigba back. But like I asked Brian Day on Tuesday, like how do you make sure you don't force stuff to him? And he's like, yeah, you, you can't do that. You have to be organic about it. And it's it's a nice thought, but I still think they're going to want to, like, just, you know, get him involved and just <coughs> shake off a little bit of rust, wet the appetite, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But, you know, I was going to be – once they see number 11 on the field, like, they may not choose to allow that to happen. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that it is a pick-your-poison, you know, offense, which is – goes back to Marvin Harrison's uh, quote from earlier. Were you the one who asked Marvin Harrison about the greatest receiver in Ohio State history? I, I thought he had really interesting, you know, well, he sort of demurred on that mm-hmm. a little bit, but then he, he went through a whole list of names. I thought there were some interesting names on that list that he discussed. Yeah, well, he first said, you know, well, I, I played with Chris and Garrett, and I played with Jackson, but then I, I was like, well, when you think about it, like, who was the first name? And he, because he first mentioned Chris Carter, earlier in in the session so he mentioned him and then he was like hey well then there's joey galloway and then he's like well of course brian hartline coach hartline gonna throw him in there when they talk about smart players that's the that's what they're talking about right there so yeah he threw his coach in there and then tim may was asked well yeah but what about who's the greatest receiver in nfl history to which marvin said uh we all you know it's basically we all know the answer to that (laughs) strong implication being jerry rice but I, i mean I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think Randy Moss has a claim uh, mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, uh, those guys are always good to talk to. Marvin Harrison, we see him, as you said, like I see you guys every week. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know what? Stop scoring all the touchdowns. We won't talk to you after <laughs> the game. We won't talk to you midweek. This is basically his fault. Yeah, really. Well, and he's also he's an interesting guy to talk to because he'll you know he will actually answer questions mm-hmm. and give you you know give you some interesting thoughtful answers on some things. 
he was asked, you know, I mean, his work ethic has been the thing you've heard about with him since the moment he walked on campus here. And, you know, Tim was asking him about the jugs gun and, you know, because we'll see them, you know, they will have the jugs gun out at the end of practice and practice is over. And, you know, he's over there and then some of the other receivers are over there just catching passes and catching passes and catching passes. And, you know, back in, I mean, this is probably, this was like the KJ Hill days. This might've still been a Brian Hartline thing, but you know, the 10,000 catches, they would try and catch 10,000 passes in the, off the jugs gun during the summer. I don't think I've heard people talk about that mm. recently, but I, I would not doubt that Marvin Harrison has caught 10,000 passes out of the jugs gun uh, over the, over the course of the summer. He said, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, you do get sore from your hands, you know, like your hands hurt and you just kind of have to keep working. It's like, it's not, you know, it's not like, oh no, once you get to a certain amount of time, getting balls fired out of a jug's mm -hmm. gun at you at no. 70 miles an hour doesn't hurt anymore. It's like, no, it's still, yeah, your, your hands just hurt all the time, but that's how you get better. And throwing, you know, getting tennis balls shot at you at a million miles an hour, just that kind of stuff, just hand-eye coordination. That's the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, separates, separates what he can do from what a lot of other people can do. Yeah, and after practice, like every Tuesday or Wednesday when we're here after practice, Jackson Smith and Jigba is on the jugs gun. He's mm -hmm. catching passes, and he was against day. But uh, Marvin Harrison was asked about his daily routine, and he's like, well, yeah, no, I get here early, get some treatment. Then uh, we'll go catch an hour of passes off the jugs machine an hour or two or two or three hours before practice. And then, you know, then go do the practice thing and go get more treatment and then do more, you know, whatever. And um, but as he said, like, he's not the only one who does that. Talking with Ronnie Hickman, who is, um, he's like two lockers down from Marvin Harrison. And so he talks with Marvin Harrison and Reese Stocksdale because they're right next to each other. And <laughs> Ronnie said, like, I'll be at my locker and Marvin will come in and I'll be like, where are you coming from, Marv? And Harrison will tell him, you know, um, catching passes or treatment or whatever. And then as he's leaving, where are you going, Marv? And it's like, you know, catching passes or treatment. <laughs> Uh, so, um, but also he's like, and Reese Stocksdale does the same thing. And, that, and that's a walk-on guy. And we see Reese, Reese Stocksdale here catching punts all the time. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see a mid-season All-American in Marvin Harrison and a walk-on who has played two or three games this year and has a couple of, of targets this year doing the same thing. Well, what, you know, that I think is a pretty good indication of like how you get on the field here because mm -hmm. there are lots of walk-on wide receivers. Who's on the field? The guy who's doing that. There are lots of scholarship wide receivers. Who's the one who's got three three touchdown games and seven career starts? It's the guy who's doing that. And, you know, I always go back to, I think it was the Miami game in 2019. And I was just trying to go up above where the tunnel where Ohio State ran out, runs out to get a picture, like looking down, just a little different angle on, on the, you know, the same basic picture we get every single week. So, okay, I'm trying something new. And uh, as I go up there, you go up the ramp. You walk around the corner and you're kind of walking past the doors where the Ohio State locker room is. And there on just a little sidewalk, they've got the jugs gun set up and it's Brian Hartline shooting passes to KJ Hill. And it's, you know, KJ Hill has caught literally 10,000 passes this year. And he's like, well, I'm going to sneak in another like 20, 30, whatever passes off the jugs gun before. And this is not, you know, this is not the Michigan game. This is, they're going to beat Miami 76 to five in like 20 minutes. And he's there catching passes off the jugs gun. Like that's, that is the mentality, you know, and that's why, you know, one of, one of many reasons why, you know, when players post like pictures, like out of dinner and people are like, why aren't you, why aren't you studying film right now, son? Where are you, what are you doing eating food? You know, no time to eat food. It's Indiana week. Like, I promise these these guys are put these guys are putting in the work. It'll be fine. 
just listening to his schedule, I'm like, that's okay. That, that was 28 hours in an eight hour span, <laughs> what you just gave us. I don't know how the math works, but you know, they've got people for that. And yeah, no, the immense amount of work that goes into it when you're like, but you're like the, one of the most talented players in the nation. But yeah, well, talent only gets you so far. And, you know, he's, he's seen the work ethic. He learned from his dad early on, you know, all of the extra stuff that it takes to become a Hall of Famer, to become, even to make it, then to stay, then to be good, and then to be great. And he's following in that, in that path. But I also think it's not just because of who his dad was. It's also because of, obviously, who Marvin is, but also what he sees here and what he's driven to do here um, greatly impacts him as well. Well, and you have that sort of culture of these rooms. And this is not just... You know, we, we talk about this in terms of the defensive line room, too, and, and the quarterback room and the wide receiver room. There's that culture that gets handed down. And, you know, you've got the guy, you know, the guys who were here, uh, you know, Michael Thomas and Evan Spencer taught Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin and Johnny Dixon what it is to be a wide receiver. And then those guys, Paris and, and Terry and Johnny, well, they taught uh, Ben Victor and K.J. Hill and uh, – Austin Mack and then those guys and you, it just kind of mm-hmm. goes on year over year and you know they're bringing in three four guys at that wide receiver position every year and you know the young guys you know now the young guys are um, you know Caleb Brown and Caleb Burton and uh, Kojo Antwi and I'm missing Keon one Grays. Keon Grays I knew I was missing one I always I always forget Kojo and then I was like oh good I got Kojo got no, I got yeah Blank. good yes so, so there we go. So, yes. Uh, but, yeah, you've got, you know, those guys are learning from Marvin Harrison and, and you know, and from now from Julian Fleming and Mecca Buka and all those guys, too. So, yeah, it is it is something that just sort of it is a tradition and, you know, doing it the right way. You can you can get we talk about programs with bad culture and, you know, Miami and, you know, Texas for years and years and years was a bad culture program where it was just, you know, you there was a culture of entitlement. Well, you can have a positive culture too. And that's kind of what that looks like. And he's a very humble person as well. And he, he was asked, were you, did you expect to have this kind of success this early? And he said, no, like, uh, would like you, you think of like an LSU receiver. Did mm-hmm. you expect to have this kind of success this early? Yes. You know, <laughs> I can't believe it took this long for me, the greatest receiver of all time to have just this much success. Counterpoint. What kind of crazy, crazy person would expect to have three, three touchdown games in their first seven career starts? I mean, fair, fair. I mean, like, like I said, an LSU wide receiver would expect that. But yes, um, no, he's 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 good. Uh, anything else that you wanted to, Kevin? You got something? I've got a couple questions here. Um, Troy V, I can't get a good feel for this game if it's going to be a blowout or defensive grind game. Which way are you guys seeing playing? It see, see it playing out. I think like. A 31 to seven game is going to be very unsatisfying, but that might be the most likely answer. Okay. I love it when we are way, way, way off on our expectation because I was thinking about this earlier today and the score that popped into my head was 31 to six. So (laughs) six is better. Yeah. It just, six is good. It just feels like, you know, and, and people will say that's really unsatisfying, but as atrocious as Iowa's offense is, Iowa's defense is really good, and they're just – they are – this is like the good Northwestern defense or the good Wisconsin defense where it's – they're not the most star-studded, but they just kind of make life miserable for you. And you end up in – you know, you can really dominate the game, but you just end up kicking a couple field goals or – you know, and, and you know, you bog down and they get 
one stop at midfield, and then they, you know, they they're doing a little bit of a slog of an offense. You know, it, would it shock me if this was forty-eight to six? No, not really. But I think, you, you know, the likely bounds of what that score is is somewhere in that like thirty-one to high 40s kind of range. I don't think they're putting up 59 points this weekend. No, neither do I. Um, Kevin, you got another one? Uh, Jordan Kapler, what are OSU's chances of winning if Iowa rolls a jugs machine out on the field at quarterback? You know, what if... Can, can the jugs machine catch passes too? Because... Ohio State would still... <laughs> you can make C.J. Stroud all-time quarterback, and Ohio State would probably win by more because... I would be throwing the ball more, but they'd be throwing it like they don't have the receivers. Also, it'd be hard for CJ to learn the Iowa offense in like 48 hours. That would also help. That's why I think, yes, I think that changes my answer. 52 to 17. Well, and I say that, and it's like as if the Iowa offense isn't yeah. like drawn up with a crayon on the back right. of a diner placemat. So, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think – you know, I don't think Spencer Petrus is fantastic. Like, I think if you put Spencer Petrus in Ohio State, you would notice a difference in the Ohio State offense for sure. But Spencer Petrus is also like this is a little bit of the Sean Clifford thing, where it's like Sean Clifford is not a CJ Stroud level quarterback. Sean Clifford is also not the biggest, certainly you know, not the biggest problem, and definitely not the only problem on that offense. And I think you've kind of got a little bit of that with Spencer Petrus too. Where this is not a good. You just assume this is going to be a good Iowa offensive line, and it is not. And the skill talent is not really there outside of really the tight end room. And he he's made some really good throws in the Michigan game down the seam to his tight ends. Like he had some throws where like that looks like an NFL quarterback, and then you have others where it's like, oh okay, <laughs> I remember now. And and that's really that's the bulk of what you will see. But there's always that chance. Like he has the ability to put it in tight spaces it's just i don't think you can go in preparing for that to happen and, and they don't they right. iowa does not prepare for that they like we need big wide open spaces and it's like yeah but we can't well if we if we throw within like three yards of the line of scrimmage before the defense has a chance to crash down with the safeties and then the receiver can turn and pick up that fourth yard now we're a second and six he makes those great difficult tight window throws just infrequently enough that Todd McShay has not projected him as a first round draft pick yet as he has with so, so many other big 10 West quarterbacks because four Oh four file not found. Two more that we're going to take. We're here at 27 minutes. Uh, Holden Smith asking how often do Tony and Tom watch film? I watch, I used to watch more film than I do now. Foreign film, uh, mm. you know, Football action, to the groin. Action film, football to the groin, yes. Barney's film had heart, however. Yeah. No, um I have Ross for that. No, yeah. And, and when you say film, I if I if if I'm saying film, I'll say like I watch some on YouTube. Like I will watch some of uh I've seen enough of Iowa. Like I've seen cross games with Michigan and that stuff. Like so I have not watched much Iowa. I, I don't think I've watched any Iowa this week, but um, I will record a bunch of games, and then if there's, like, nothing going on, I'll throw one on. Mm -hmm. And that might be, like, a Kentucky-Mississippi State or something. But, um, you know, it's it's really hard to watch a lot of football when you cover football. I'll just be honest. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, that's because you don't watch games on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So you're doing a lot of the – a lot of the football that I watch, I end up watching the condensed version of games. And it's, you know, they, they've cut the plays down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you watch the Michigan – we watched the whole Michigan game for the Michigan Monday thing. But you watch the play, 
and then you hit the L key twice to skip forward 20 seconds and then you watch the next play. And, and you know, when you, when you really talk about watching film or grinding tape or whatever you want to call it, I, I always, I, I feel like you kind of got to have the all 20. You have to. Otherwise you're just kind of watching, watching TV. Football, like yeah. it's just watching football. And you know, when they do the coaches film room for the national championship, mm-hmm. game, I always, well, I will watch that a bunch because you learn so much by having that all 22. It's just not really that easily accessible for the most part. So that, uh, you know, I, I don't. I'm not one of those people that uh, uses the uh, hashtag grind set and hashtag grinding film. Like sometimes you're just watching football, and you can learn a bunch by watching football, but it's not the same as watching like actual yeah, it's like, film. I, I don't always know what I'm seeing. <laughs> Last one, a lighter question. Holden Smith again. What is Tony's go-to T-bell order? Tony, you have twenty-eight dollars in your pocket. <laughs> You know, if you just want something quick, just like three tacos is fine. Like, if you're not looking for a meal and you're just looking for a snack, you know, just quick, quick three tacos. But I will customize my bean and uh, rice burrito because it's like a dollar sixty nine. Then you you add steak and it's like two sixty nine. Then you add some tomatoes, it's another fifty cents. Add some onions. You want some jalapenos in there? The key is to customize via the app. However. I'm always customizing it differently, so I don't know what my actual order is. I just know, like, you get a couple of burritos for, like, eight bucks. That's surprisingly insightful. I'm, I'm Use the app, people. I've tried to tell Tom. I've tried to tell Kevin. Have they used it? No. I have it downloaded, but that's about it. In fairness, I don't – this is not a Taco Bell-specific issue. I just try, I've really learned to just filter you out. It's My brain started to develop. It's, it's a defense mechanism, really apps for all of your fast food order i'm telling you people so much freer food cheaper food and you know that's for me to you uh super chat that please um <laughs> but that will do it kevin is telling us that he wants to go home i could stay here for another I 30 would, minutes i would stay here and talk to the listeners for another 30 but, minutes maybe 60 again hashtag grind set but kevin <laughs> kevin has a 90 minute drive home <laughs> so we will let him go want to thank you all for tuning in on this impromptu live edition, the second Buckeye Weekly episode today, or if you're getting this tomorrow, the second one today, tomorrow. Yeah, now, yeah we got that. Uh, we have a new Buck, uh, Bold Prediction show uh, coming up on Thursday. It's uh, try, Go ahead and try and come up with bold predictions involving the, uh, the Iowa offense. It is... There's some, sort I, of, there's some sort of religious uh, I, ceremony going on behind the camera. I wish you could see. I wish Kevin had a camera on him just then. Mm-hmm. But that will do it for us at, here at uh, Buckeye Weekly. Thank you to all of you for joining us. Reminder to check us out at BuckeyeHuddle.com. Also, go ahead and, and like, subscribe, hit that thumbs up on this uh, video as well at YouTube.com slash Thank you very much, and we will talk to you guys later.